Welcome to the Hot Topic Bold Talk Podcast. Dr. Jacqueline is opening a forum for us to discuss opinions on the topics currently trending today. She's also going to share her experience with unique and diverse books that will encourage us all to think differently about the world and change our lives for the better. Together, we cover hot topics and get into the nitty gritty of how they affect our lives. All in the friendly and engaging tone so that you feel comfortable listening, even if it's not your favorite topic. This podcast is the perfect blend of knowledge and fun. We discuss everything and anything that matters today. Don't settle for the same old stuff. Get in on the conversation. Hello, this is Dr. Jacqueline with DTP Leadership Group, and I'm going to provide you Podcast 46. Before I start this, I want to say that um, the youth of America, I think, are highly threatened by the lack of limitations and constraints that need to be done about gun control. And I also am very concerned that we continue to have shootings at schools and we're losing children and young adults through all this violent fighting. So I was looking for something to help me address it. I taught school for a number of years, and then I was also a counselor in schools um, before I got my PhD. And um, I enjoyed being with young people, and I do even today. And I have a lot of concern. I listen to them talk about how the world is not safe for them, even in public events or school or whether you're in a high school or university or an elementary school. So I decided to look and see what I could find. And what I did was in podcast 45, I mentioned the detail and significant study on U.S. youth attitudes on guns, which was provided by the collaborative efforts of what I consider to be three outstanding organizations. They are every town for gun safety another one is polarization and extremism research and innovation lab which is usually known by peril prel and then the southern poverty law center center which is also splc and what i found in this study was a very clear message about how youth think about guns and gun violence in the United States. And I was really impressed by how this study was carried out, and so I'll mention that. But in podcast 46, I'm going to provide the conclusions from this lengthy study. And I believe you may want to read it since it was published July 2023 and provides quantitative uh, survey findings report and preliminary qualitative focus group findings. And 
what I've titled my podcast is, uh, this time is, Will You Listen to What the U.S. Youth Attitudes Are About Access to Guns in Our Country? And I think this podcast will provide you help in dismantling the lack of understanding with yourself or with your friends and colleagues about how youth really feel about guns. And I am really amazed at how they were very careful to get a sampling of youth uh, in uh, the United States. So the executive summary of this study um, says the following. This study was focused on the following question. What are young people's thoughts, feelings, and beliefs surrounding guns and gun violence in the United States? Now, the quantitative findings of the report are the following, and it was really uh, powerful and also disturbing to me. A vast majority, 74% of the U.S. youth and young adults ages 14 to 30 agreed that gun violence is a problem. 42% of the survey respondents report having had at least somewhat easy access to guns. Approximately 25% of the youth have experienced an active shooter lockdown. Youth know, on an average, at least one person who's been injured or killed by a gun. School safety is a major concern for youth, and they worry about the school shootings and how they're associated with a host of negative mental health outcomes for them. They also talk about the higher endorsement of male supremacist beliefs and how they're associated with more mental distress, such as depression, anxiety, loneliness, post-traumatic stress disorder. They also know they support racist ideas and they support anti-government ideas and view guns and related media that is related to guns. Now that's the quantitative part of the report. The qualitative report, which came from interviews and focus groups are the following. While you think that gun violence is a problem, they think it flows from the actions of individuals, especially those they perceive as criminal, irresponsible, mentally ill, or bad. These descriptions tend to be racialized and classified. Another thing we find in this qualitative uh, report the qualitative part of the report, youth separate legitimate and illegitimate uses of guns. Legitimate uses include protection, like an example of a home invasion, hunting, 
and target shooting. Youth perceptions of safety are also ra uh, racialized, classed, and shaped by ideologies surrounding geography and folk theories about urban-rural differences. So what they're saying is the safety aspects, they put them in racial groupings or classifications and it shapes their ideology around where they live. And we'll get some very interesting things about the folk theories and things that they uh, believe in, but when they're rural areas where we're looking at a difference in the urban areas. And youth from the rural areas perceive guns as, quote, a fact of life. Geographical regions are used as shorthand for particular community relations to guns or gun violence. So there's specific regions we know in the United States where there is more gun violence. And I told you about that. I told you the states where there's been more gun violence uh, in the previous podcast. Another thing they found that is youth that are white, cisgender boys and men are frequently introduced to gun use through gendered bonding activities like hunting with father, grandfather, or friends. Now what they found is the uh, implications and future directions is the following. Safety, mental illness, and geography emerged as the salient themes in this study. For minors, decreasing gun access and increasing mental health care access are critical, but they must also target supremacist and anti-democratic ideologies that justify and rationalize the use of violence and the deployment of guns to facilitate that violence. And I thought that really is amazing for our young people to say, no, we need a decrease in gun access. We need mental health care because these are the things that are necessary for us to do something about gun violence. And in their overall view, they tell who were the youth that participated. The target population for this survey was U.S. teens and young adults ages 14 through 30. Participants were recruited from the NORIC, N-O-R-C, America Speak panel, a probability-based panel designed to be representative of the U.S. population. And that organization has the best way that I know of really getting a real good representation of the United States population. Over 35,000 households were selected at random and were sampled using door-to-door -door interviewing and address-based sampling providing sample coverage of approximately 97% of the U.S. household population by the selection they made. Participants' recruitment was supplemented 
by a company known as Lucid, L-U-C-I-D, a non-probability online survey research panel. The participants completed the survey, which included evaluations of pro-gun narrative arguments, gun attitudes and experiences, perceptions of safety, mental health outcomes, and media consumption habits and ideological worldviews. Now, I have a PhD in counseling psychology, and I have had to read and study uh, research papers for many years. And I had to, in order to complete my doctorate, I had to do a research study. And I will assure you that the statistical analysis and focus group methods were excellent in this study. Now, in the overall project, uh, review, we see the following things. Guns have been the leading cause of death for American children and teens since 2020. A record number of young people were shot and killed in 2021. And this is described uh, by this, uh, and this study was done by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in 2021. So the largest number of youth were killed in 2021. Gun violence permeates the lives of American youth in many ways, whether they experience daily gun violence in their neighborhoods, live with an armed abuser, or injured in an unintentional shooting, attempted suicide with a gun, or survive a mass shooting at their school, School, sporting event, a mall, a church, or uh, other gathering places. More than three uh, three thousand five hundred children and teens are shot and killed each year. Fifteen thousand are shot and injured, and an estimated three million are exposed to shootings. And this is by the CDC, twenty twenty one. This is by uh, the Every, Every Town for Gun Safety, 2021A, and Every, Every Town for Gun Safety, 2021B. There's been a little research before this study of exploring how young people feel about guns, what level of access they have to firearms, and what shapes their attitudes toward gun uh, or ownership and gun violence. Given what we know about the nexus between gun violence and extremist ideology, which comes from Every Town for Gun Safety 2021C article, and the staggering increase in gun sales during the COVID-19 pandemic, and this is by Miller Zhang, Z-H-A-N-G, and Azrael, A-Z-R-A-I-L, uh, 2021. So that is the article that talks about this. And we know that there was more gun sales uh, ever than uh, in our country through uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And we have to understand that young people view 
the role of guns in society in their lives is really something that we need to realize they think it's extremely important for us to address. Our study found, they said, that there is a broad consensus among young people that the level of gun violence in our country is, is experiencing is a problem. Four out of five of the young people agree. There's also broad agreement that more gun laws could help reduce gun violence. 59% of the uh, participants agreed that gun safety laws should be stricter. Yet about 40% of the youth reported at least somewhat easy access to a gun, with 21% are reporting very easy access to a gun. In addition, nearly 17% of the youth reported that they plan to have access to a firearm in the future. And what they found was that young people with easier access to guns tend to hold stronger beliefs that they are safer with guns than without. Furthermore, a young person's access to guns uh, have an identification with a gun culture and they have exposure to media relating to guns correlating with concerning beliefs like support for male supremacy, belief that the Second uh, Amendment gives individuals the right to overthrow the government, higher levels of uh, racial resentment, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Political uh, identity tremendously impacts young people's attitudes about guns. The more strongly uh, participants identify as Republicans, the safer they feel in general when they're when th that they believe they are safer when a gun is available to them, and they have a strong support of uh, gun culture as being a part of their identity. In contrast. Young people who think gun violence is a problem tend to be more experienced and had more experiences with gun-related injuries and death. And identified as women identified more strongly with Democrats and scored lower in their and their supportive attitudes such as male supremacy and racial resentment. So we see what they're describing with the Republicans, we know that we know that the women and the Democrats are going to have a lower score in support of attitudes like male supremacy and uh, racial resentment. And they do not; they want stronger gun restrictions. Now. They also say that there are more guns in the hands of more people in more places, which makes gun violence more likely, and young people report feeling less safe in public and at school than at home. The impact of gun violence on young people's mental health is significant. Exposure to firearm injury is clearly linked to the high rates of post-traumatic stress syndromes. Substance use, and the high rates of the future injury. And this is a study done by Rennie, R-A-N-N-E-Y in 2019. 
We know less about the psychological impact on young people living with the threat of gun violence. So we don't we, we don't have access to those individuals as much as it would be for us to do that. And we need that information. The fear of death or injury, worrying about violent scenarios, having to learn and practice strategies to disarm or evade a school shooter, shooter all these impact a young person's sense of safety and well-being. We found that youth who ruminated about school shootings also tended to have more post-traumatic stress and report greater average daily hours of gun-related media exposure. The data collected helps us understand how people come to understand guns as American and ways they socialize to take for granted the link between American values like freedom, autonomy, independence, and firearm ownership. Given the connection between far-right extremist misogyny and guns, understanding how these attitudes from when people are young is of a particular interest if we want to disrupt this nexus. 16% of the young people interviewed believe these things. Women cannot help but be attracted to those who are higher in status than they are. Women use feminism to gain an unfair advantage over men. Modern society prioritizes women over men and men with high t uh, testosterone levels are the most attractive to men. So I was somewhat stunned, but we, we see those results from this study. Here is some factual data about the symbolic racism. The more strongly participants identified as Republican, the higher they scored on measures of symbolic racism. Symbolic racism is the name of an evaluation they were asked to do. So the more strongly participants identified as Republican, the higher their scores on the measure of symbolic racism. The more strongly participants believed that restricting gun ownership leads to fewer mass shootings, the lower they scored on the measures of symbolic racism. The charts and studies on the levels of racism in youth are in detail in this report. And I would suggest you look at the study. The podcast cannot do justice to what they found about racism in this study. Now, their conclusions for the study were the following. Mental health was an expansive topic of conversation in four focus groups, where other focus groups also mentioned it, but there were four that were specific had really strong conversations, where individuals connected gun violence to mental illness, a lack of access to mental health care resources, trauma, and a history of abuse. What constituted mental health as a factor involved in gun violence ranged from untreated formal diagnosis like depression or PTSD to more mental health adjustment, psychological stresses like isolation, loneliness, bullying, 
abuse, being raised in cities, or a negative environments, which they called bad homes. Mental health and mental illness thus became a story of explanation that has caught on for justifying why someone would commit a mass shooting or violence with a firearm. Now, as I, would, as I mentioned previously, this study revealed interesting links between people's endorsement of male supremacist ideas and support for anti-democratic ideas. They believe that teachers should be armed in schools. They believe that they are safer with guns, ra uh, racial uh, resentment, and believe that gun culture is essential to their identity. Masculinity has been intentionally evoked by pro-gun organizations and narratives, which embed patriarchal notions of a man as a protector and a man as a voker or invoker of violence to link a sense of masculine identity with possession and willingness to use firearms. A study by Scaptura, S-C-A-P-T-U-R-A, and Boyle in 2021 finds the connection between a masculinity threat and attraction to guns and endorsement of aggression. When men are unable to fill the breadwinner expectation for their families, they may turn to different means to reclaim their masculinity. Example, a protector role, particularly if they endorse stereotypical masculine ideas, which was another study by Warner and all in 2022. Male gun owners in the focus group stated that guns offer protection for themselves and their families, which may have also increased their feeling of confidence and control and reduced their sense of vulnerability to unpredictable violence. While it is unlikely that they will use a gun to protect their wives and children, the belief that they should be ready to do so is critical to the part of how a male gun owner constructs their gender identity. And there's some other studies that if you want to know about them, I'll be happy to tell you about it. The outcome is that men ought to be prepared. They're responsible for doling out violence if need be and is their duty as husband and father to uh, manage threats. Now, depending on the perceived rank of masculine pick, pecking order, these men may want to obtain guns in order to own guns to codify their sense of self as the father or husband. Others may purchase guns to establish themselves as independent, while others buy guns to be uh, to responsibly safeguard their positions uh, ahead of a feared collapse of civilized society. Furthermore, men were more supportive of gun narrative than women. Republicans were more supportive of gun narrative than Democrats. And those who lived in non-metropolitan areas, rural and suburbia, evaluated the gun narrative arguments more positively and strongly than participants who lived in metropolitan areas. The focus group participants did not believe that government or 
society are going to fall into chaos, the ability of the government to address gun violence was almost universally panned. It is incumbent upon those working to stem the tide of gun violence in the United States to be proactively instill confidence in citizens that the government can, in fact, address gun deaths, gun access, and the upstream factors that produce violence and injury from firearms. While reducing the ease of access to guns or expanding access to quality mental health services may have an impact on gun-related suicides and homicides, it is just as important to target supremacist and anti-democratic ideologies that justify and rationalize the use of violence and the deployment of guns to facilitate their violence. So I think this is what the conclusion is of this study. Through the efforts of three organizations, young people's thoughts, feelings, and opinions about gun in the United States has been better illustrated. The appendixes provide even more detail about the study. A well-represented group of youth from ages 14 to 30 have told us exactly how gun violence is affecting their lives. Now it's our responsibility to take action to have much stricter gun laws and have clear and precise limitations who can have per possession and, and also purchase of guns in America. My question for you after hearing this podcast, what groups are you going to join and determine how you personally and with your friends help turn the tide of our children and young adults dying from gun violence? Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Hot Topic Bold Talk podcast. Now remember to get in on the conversation, head on over to patreon.com slash Dr. Jacqueline. Bye for now.